BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, wrecking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, Kyle, aka Hammer here, and welcome to this episode of BeastNet. Today we've got two returning guests, Lorenzo Contreras and Justin Wiley. Today we'll be discussing the Brute Force Mile, the Utah Spartan and Snow Basin Resort, Portland Beast, and more. On the phone, we've got both of those guys. Um, we'll go ahead and start talking about the Utah Spartan. Either one of you guys want to chip in first, uh, Justin, since this was your first time? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Utah Spartan, um, it was at a new venue this year for this race. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of information out there about how the terrain was or that. So it was a surprise for everybody that went out. For me, I think it it was a tough course. It was about 2,500 feet of elevation gain within the first four miles. You went from 6,000 to up around between 8,000, 8,500. And then you went right back down. So it was all climbing up for 2000 feet and then it was all downhill for 2000 feet so you know it was i'm not it it was a tough course but that was kind of being expected because it was the last stop in the national series race so yeah it was it was tough there was quite a few times that i was climbing up that i mean I could feel my heart beating in my head and I was getting in my own head saying, Oh, I'm done. I turn around and start walking back. Then I'd be like, no, I need to just keep going. So I turn around and start walking back up, turn around, start walking back. I'm done. And I played that game for about the first couple of miles. So I added a couple of additional mileage to my count by doing that. So, but I mean, yeah, it was a tough course. Um, at least for me, it was tough. You know, Lorenzo, he had probably had about the best race of his, you know, <laughs> career there so far. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, but I'm glad I did it. And um, it's done. It's over. And I plan on going back next year to get some redemption just so that way I can yeah, there you go. not add the extra mileage on to the race course. So, yeah. but oh, it was good. Awesome. it was a good race. There's a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, we the, partnered up with Warrior State of Mind down there. Yeah. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there was a lot of beasts down there at the race this year. You know, we partnered up with our sister team down there, Warrior State of Mind, so we were able to secure biggest team both days for the Super and the nice. Sprint. So yeah, I mean, it was it was hot. It was a hot course too. The elevation gain is what always kills me. I mean, I can, you know, I can do obstacles all day long, but the second you throw elevation into it, um, just especially steep elevation gain, that's that's really when I start. Yeah. I start, like you said, doing the same thing. I'm like, man, why why am I doing this? Like, why why am I putting myself through this? And then, I, you know, I take frequent breaks, and I'm just like, you know, like you said, you put on that extra mileage just kind of like walking down and walking back up. And, you know, it's it's definitely a, a mental thing, you know, and I'm, like you said, I'm sure Lorenzo had had such a great race there. And for him, it was probably just like, oh, it's just a tiny little, you know, tiny little hill. We'll just boop, 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 pop right up it. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a good race. I enjoyed it. It was a good course. You know, like I said, it's challenging. 
but yeah, the elevation gain, I mean, it's, it's right off the bat to where you just start climbing. I mean, the barbed wire crawl was uphill, you know, like I've done the Montana beast twice and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of elevation throughout that course. Um, I think last yeah. year or this year, you know, it was a little over, I think my watch tracked a little over 4,000 feet of elevation gain over the course of the beast. Um, but it was not constant, you know, you climb a little and then you'd level off, go back down, climb a little. So, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of little climbs, I think this year for the beast, whereas Utah was, you know, once you got off the flat past the monkey bars, it was, you know, going up, you know, the rest of the way. So, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that were on inclines and declines. So it kind of made the obstacles, you know, in my, in my mind, you know, cause I run open waves. So it was a little bit more challenging, you know, doing some of the obstacles that were on inclines and declines and that. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, if anybody want, you know, I, I would strongly recommend that as a course for anybody that wants a challenge. You know, our our super in April is a challenge for everybody just because of the amount of rain and mud that we get that time of year for the super. And you know, this year it was cold <laughs> on top of it. So. Um, oh yeah, there was there was definitely you know. some added mileage for me in that one. Um, I don't remember if you. <laughs> um, I mean, I know you guys have probably listened to the episode that I had with um, Mike about the the super wet and cold super this year up in Snohomish and yeah. I definitely put on some extra miles there just I was lost in my head for probably an extra two miles just pacing back and forth like what am I doing why am I doing this instead of cold if you factored that in with heat and steep elevation gain I I would definitely be worse yeah. off because I hate both I'm more of a cold guy not a heat guy so but yeah it sounds like a challenge and, and I'm looking forward to maybe tackling you know something like that next year I've got quite a free schedule as far as my race calendar goes next year, so I might have to add that one in there. So uh, what did you think of this year's Utah Spartan there, Lorenzo? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, last stop in the National Series for Spartan, and they definitely didn't disappoint. It was it was a challenge for sure. I didn't have any real expectations um, on any kind of blazing times or anything like that. Um, I've been training, training hard. Uh, Boise kind of opened my eyes a little bit, and, I, I kind of dialed it up a little bit from Boise and, and just doing my thing, kind of kind of figuring stuff out and uh, kind of lit a fire into me. So I, I've been training pretty hard for it. Came into it. I'm sitting in about 20th place, I believe, in the uh, North American age group standings. Nice. So I needed to get a couple points. Basically showing up there and getting some points would have uh, kept me in the top 30 so that I could qualify for Tahoe, and that was the, that was the goal. Came cool. out. I knew a bunch of the guys that were up there I was towing the line with. And this one was really cool because normally they break the age group down between 30 and 39 and then male and female. This time they broke it down even smaller and they had both male and female 30 to 34 go and then 35 to 39. And they broke it down by, by the five-year actual age group. So when I took off from the line, there was no question in my mind do I need to pass that guy? Is he in my age group? I generally always want to pass the guy in front of me, but you know, it's a mental game of do I need to though? And then if you get a guy passing me, it's like, Hey, how old are you? Cause if you're older than me, I'll, I'm okay with you passing me. That shouldn't be okay. But it's a, it's a mental <laughs> thing. But no, so we, we took off from the start and everybody that was in front of me, I'm like, you all need to be passed. That is now it was yeah. a totally 
I like that mindset that I put myself in because of that. It's just, I, I, I race a little more aggressively. So yeah, I mean, up the hill, just killing it, man. It was a good course. Um, I found myself at one point, I now know that I was, I believe, sixth place at the time. And we were going up these switchbacks and I've got my eye on the guy in front of me. I'm looking at the ground, eye on the guy in front of me, looking at the ground. And I, I almost messed up really bad. But for some reason, I, I looked up and I kind of glanced off to my left. And at that, that was like near the peak of the mountain and, or of the mm-hmm. course anyway. And I see the landscape and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's probably, if nothing else, a big reason why we do these races when we travel for them. You know, you don't want to get lost on the course, take in some of the scenery because, you know, racing OCR, Spartan, and, and any of them, you travel to these locations and if you've never been there before and you don't know, like you're missing, you're going to miss an opportunity to see something really cool that you normally wouldn't have seen. So yeah, I, I got, I actually, you know, glanced off to my left and I was like, Whoa, I almost missed that. It was gorgeous up there. So yeah. And, uh, obstacles on Hills are always a challenge. Saw some of those in big bear and they brought them back to Utah. So that was really cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great course. A lot of people, I asked a lot of people because this was a new venue for, for Spartan and I'd never done any of the Utah races. So I asked a lot of people like that did the years prior, like, hey, how does this course compare to the other one? And I guess the other one was a little more runnable and a little dustier, I guess, a little more dirt. So this one yeah. was uh, more of a climb and the descent was way technical. And a lot of people compared this to Tahoe. So this was kind of like a miniature Tahoe, basically, from what I gathered. And I completely okay. agree with that. Having been to Tahoe the last uh, the two years now, I think I've been to Tahoe. Yeah, 17 and 18. So the last two years going to Tahoe, and I completely agree. The terrain, we didn't have a swim. But outside of that, every little piece of, of what Tahoe had was in Utah, just a you know, smaller, um, smaller portion. But, uh, no, yeah, if, if you're... If you're looking at the the challenging races of Big Bear and, and Tahoe and any of the ones on the East Coast, Killington and all that, and you, and you want to you know do one of those challenging beasts, I totally recommend doing them. I haven't done any of that on the East Coast, but uh, I've done Big Bear and Tahoe now. And if you're if you're looking to see like I want to do one of those, I wonder how it fare. Uh, Utah Super is a perfect uh, way to go about you know seeing where you're at as far as you know are you ready because you're not quite at the elevation of Big Bear and Tahoe. Um, you don't have quite the elevation gain, but you're up there, 6,000 feet. I was I was feeling it on Friday when we went up there for open house. I had the the, the slight little elevation, like you know, whew, yeah, we're up here. And then yeah, once once <laughs> I was running, my, my body just kind of gets into that breathing, and I just I kind of tricked myself into don't take any deep breaths. If you're taking a deep breath yeah. and you're trying to catch your breath, there's no air up there to do that with. So just keep whatever breathing pattern I'm, I've got going on, and and I'm usually fine. So. But yeah, overall, great course. Uh, ended up taking second place in my age group, like Justin said. It was definitely the, the, the best awesome. finish of, uh, of my, uh, my time racing. Uh, second place, first time podium at a Super, uh, first time podium at a, uh, a National Series. So, yeah, all around, it was, a, it was a pretty successful race for me. The guy who took first, I don't even know who he was. Uh, I think he was like a local guy came out and trail ran it and uh he got me by like a minute but uh i had my eye on the the number one guy in my age group the entire time so that was that was nice to be able to pick up where he 
he uh, nice, yeah. he slipped up once, and that's all it takes. You know, he he and I were back and forth a little bit there, and you know, just one one little hiccup, it'll it'll take you off the podium. And he, uh, I capitalized where he did not. So, yeah, came down nice. to the wire though. That's awesome, man. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. So well, yeah, um, the one thing I want to add too about the super there was the one thing that they did really cool because it was at a ski resort. And so the one thing they did, I don't know if they were going during the, the age group waves or not, but for the open wave, um, at certain areas, the, the snow machines that they have that help make, you know, the snow and whatnot, um, yeah. they had actually set up and was just running water through them to spray cool water at certain points of the course and that. And so, oh, you know, you had an cool. opportunity to kind of get cooled off a little bit when you were going through the course because they had these big snow machines were just spraying, you know, cool water out there. So <laughs> that was actually kind of neat on either Spartan or the venue to set those up and, and have them going during the race. Yeah, they, they just fired that up when I was going through. So I, I did feel a little bit of okay. mist at one point. But man, that's nice. That's really nice. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to take a small commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that brute force mile. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. All right, cool. We're back on this episode of BeastNet. And we're going to go ahead and talk about the brute force mile a little bit. Um, see, I know prior to the episode, we kind of, you know, discussed this a little bit. So if you want to go ahead, Lorenzo, and give us a little spiel about what uh, brute force mile is all about and what it consists of. Yeah, uh, brute force mile. Uh, it's an awesome event set up by brute force. Um, it's kind of like a virtual race. The ambassadors throughout the United States and probably the world even are encouraged to set them up and kind of host them. So that's what I did here in Portland. Um, I brought all my bags out, and uh, we all got together at a park here locally uh, with a track so that, you know, when you run your, your 400 meter or quarter of a mile, um, it's kind of right there. So there's no real guessing into it. I don't have to map out anything. So, yeah, Brute Force, uh, they, they design a workout, and it's a challenge, usually done with Brute Force sandbags, obviously. And uh, it's a real neat program, too, because Brute Force uh, will partner with a, a nonprofit, usually firefighters, police department, military veterans, and so forth. And all the proceeds will go to that nonprofit. So it's uh, the Rock Your Socks campaign. You basically register for the event, cost somewhere in the ballpark of 30 to $40, and you get a pair of socks, and all the proceeds will go to uh, a nonprofit. This year, it was Team Red, White, and Blue. It's a uh, veteran outreach program designed to enrich and encourage uh, veterans to be active and uh, do activities, essentially. So, yeah, and that's where all the proceeds went. So, essentially, you're kind of uh, you're registering for a race, and you're donating to a nonprofit and getting a pair of socks for it, and that's kind of the way I like to look at it. So... Yeah, we uh, we had a pretty strong group come out. A handful of beasts came out, and I invited the local team Red, White, and Blue to come out. So they uh, they were aware of it, and I had a handful of them come out as well. And uh, you know, a couple of veterans and uh, a couple of beasts. We all got to do the uh, brute force mile side by side, and that was a that was a good time. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then, so for the listeners that aren't aren't um, that aren't familiar with brute force mile, um, you know, it's done 
basically with a 70 pound bag for males, you can kind of increase the increments or decrease the increment, you know, um, kind of to where, you know, you're comfortable with it, um, 50 pounds for females. So you guys start out with what, like 50 bag facing burpees and then after that you do one lap around the track, correct? Yep, no, the way it started. So then that, um, and then after that, 10 rounds, um, uh, three push-up bag drags, four high pulls, uh, five front squats. So 10 rounds of that, um, and I'm sure after that, you're just your whole body is just on fire. Then another two laps around the track with the bag, um, and then with that descending ladder, starting at uh, starting out with a set of 10 of bear complex. And also for those of you who aren't familiar, like like I wasn't until right before this uh, this interview, bear complex is um, a power clean front squat, push press, back squat, and another push press. So you guys are doing that, starting out with 10, and then after that you do 9, 8, 7, and so on and so forth till you get down to 1, along with the brute force burpees. And then one more lap around that track, and then right after that you got 50 lateral burpees. And um, when we were talking earlier, you, you, you had mentioned that there was kind of a way to modify that at the end. Yeah, they, they tapered it down. So you had three options, options A, B, and C. And option A was that 50 burpees. Uh, with everything, and then the ladder was one through ten, um, and then there was option B, which was 25 of the burpees, and then the ladder was still one through ten, and then option C was 15 of the burpees, and then the ladder one through five. I think you only did five sets of the three exercises with the bag pulls and all that. So they did taper it down. They gave you options to do, and uh, yeah. So and this is I think the first year they did that. Years previous, all the other brute force workouts that I've done, they generally don't give you the options to taper down the workout. And uh, I think this one actually even had a kid's option. I didn't actually uh, use it because I didn't have any kids there, but there was an option for children as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love when these, you know, I love when all these uh, different companies, especially like, um, you know, the Spartan um, has has done like the kid races and now with the brute force. I love how they, you know, they incorporate children into it and kind of get them familiarized and kind of get them into the world of, um, you know, doing these workouts. Uh, I think it's actually pretty cool. I'm looking forward to, you know, bringing my daughter out to some of these events in the coming years when she gets a little bit older because right now fitness is not her thing. It's, it's you know, Paw Patrol and mac and cheese. Nice. Well, it sounds like you're, uh, <clears throat> sounds like you're getting to your destination there. Uh, getting close, yeah. I got about another five minutes or so. Cool. Well, anything you want to add about uh, the goings-on of Portland Beast before you head out? Portland Beast, uh, some some of my most favorite beasts. Uh, I'm not biased at all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're a pretty good group up here, or down here, I guess. And we've got the Beast Squad coming up this weekend. It's going to be uh, heavy, obstacle, central, emphasized, I guess. So we'll be doing a lot of obstacle work. I'm going to have a handful of spears out there because that's you know usually the the number one um, burpee maker. So we, we'll definitely get people as comfortable <laughs> as we can on, on top of that sphere. So it should be a pretty good uh, pretty good turnout. Um, went to the Spartan workout tour a few weeks ago and, and handed out some, some bracelets and some Facebook invites and stuff like that. So they didn't – not all of them made the uh, last – B-Squad, but uh, sounded like a lot of them were interested, and uh, potentially we could have a pretty good-sized group coming this Sunday. So, yeah, other things going on in Portland. Uh, I mean, the Portland Sprint, obviously, is a big one. That, that's our home race. That'll yep. be that'll be a good one. We'll get all the beasts together and in one place and 
have a nice little sprint to go uh, hang out and do our thing. Nice. Well, hey, man, we definitely appreciate you being on the show. You know, it was, it was awesome having you. Thanks for all your, uh, all your input, man, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love being on the show. It's great. Love talking about beast stuff and OCR stuff, and I'm sure there'll be a, a future beast net about uh, the, the, the doings of uh, what's going on in the OCR world. I went to work yesterday, and it was a normal Wednesday, and then I got off work, and all of a sudden, uh, Warrior Dash is gone, and Barton Canada's <laughs> kind of doing something weird, and it's just like, what just happened? Like, uh, so much stuff happened over the course of eight hours yesterday that told oh, yeah. Yeah, it was almost as if they planned it. They just they wanted to get all the bad news out at once. Yeah, all the bad news and then a bunch of good news right after it. It was yeah, it was a it was an intense day for me to catch up on. I'm like, what? This happened? Oh, okay, they're doing this and that. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, no, I, I love being on the show. I love talking OCR. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been great. Also, uh, I guess on a side note too, uh, had the pleasure of going up north to Randall, Washington last weekend, and I hung out with Hazelana. And she is, if you don't know who that is, um, she is the gal that puts on the Summit to Swamp OCR. And uh, oh, nice. that I, I, I raced that last April and had a blast. So we definitely need to get some more beasts out to that one, support our local OCRs. And, uh, yeah, it's oh, a, it, oh, yeah, it was a great course. And it's going to be even better. Definitely one of the aims now with, um, with kind of like the way we're – um, restructuring with like the management and the show and stuff like that. We're, we're definitely trying to make a much bigger effort to reach out to the, the local OCRs and, and kind of bring those more into the public eye. Um, you know, that way we can get more attendees, we can get more participants to those um, OCRs and just really support them on the local level, you know? Absolutely. It's necessary. Keeps us going. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. You guys have a great rest of your show and I'll uh, talk to you guys later. Awesome. Right. Appreciate it. Have a good day, man. There you go. Mate. All right. With that, we'll take another quick commercial break. And when we come back, it'll be me and Justin Wiley. Do you like tacos? Yes! Do you like having fun? Yes! Do you like to have tacos while having fun? Yes! Can you walk or run a mile? Good news! Beast's OCR annual Taco Mile is back and happening now through the month of August. It's a virtual challenge that you can do anywhere. All you need is a place to safely walk or run and four tacos. Add in some friends and you have yourself an excellent super fun time. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast OCR Facebook group. That's BeastChallenge.com Beast OCR Taco Mile Seven up today. All right, welcome back to this episode of BeastNet. I'm this time it's just me and Justin, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Spartan SGX tour uh, down in Portland, uh, the upcoming Beast Workout Day, um, which will actually take place um, before this episode airs, um, and then after that we'll talk about uh, the open merchandise order that we've got going for Beast OCR. So. Uh, Justin, right. you want to talk a little bit about the Spartan SGX tour and what all what that was all about? Uh, yeah, so I mean, a bunch of us have probably done these Spartan workout tours in the past, where you know we've had them at Roadrunner Sports or have gone off to a different location. This year's Portland one, since uh, Spartan is partnered with uh, Twenty Four Hour Fitness, 
this one was actually held at a 24-hour fitness gym. So it's a little bit different than what we're probably used to in the past if you do one of these that are held at a 24-hour fitness. So yeah, they had the coach there, and it was held in a basketball court, so it was indoors. Like I said, it was in July, and so instantly it was just hot and muggy. Um, There was over 100 people there. Because oh, I worked geez. it as part of the street team, so I was checking people in. And at the time, we had like 196 people registered, plus all the people that usually just show up the day of and whatnot. So, um, but what's different this year with those uh, Spartan workout tours, if you haven't had a chance to do one and there's one coming up in your area again, and that is Spartan has kind of changed up how, you know, we do the. You know, because we all know about the traditional trifecta, you know, doing a sprint super and beast within a year. And then they also have the endurance side that you can do. So if you've done a hurricane heat or a 12 hour, you could get the uh, delta wedge pieces. And so Spartan is added on to that. So after the workout was done, um, all the participants got a wedge piece for attending a uh, Spartan workout tour. Um, So yeah that and then the shirts are a little bit different you know they're newer shirts this year um they were black and they had oh i could actually probably pull up or pull out one of my the shirt from there so they have you know a little saying on the back now and uh, so yeah then the back of the shirts say uh drop the excuses spartan the f up um so i mean it was different than what the workout tours I've done in the past. I don't know how I feel about doing the workout tours at a 24 hour fitness. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's a little different. The vibe was kind of different. You could hardly yeah. hear the coach as he was trying to lead the workout. Um, the workout was good. I mean, it was a good workout. It was just kind of had a different vibe. Uh, coach Mike, who probably a bunch of us have done the workout tours from that comes up from California you know, he kind of pumps you all up and, you know, makes you feel ready to conquer your next race. This one was just kind of a different vibe afterwards. We were all done in that. So, um, but yeah, like Lorenzo said, you know, he, he was at the workout and yeah, so we handed out a bunch of bracelets and we had set up our Portland B squad for July the day after. And we had a pretty good turnout. We had a bunch of new people show up that were at the workout the day before. So, you know, we did some obstacle stuff, you know, spent a little time on some obstacle, you know, things, tire flips, heavy carries. Um, so that's what where our focus is going to be on this month's uh, Beast Wad is, you know, we're going to have the tires. Like Lorenzo said, he's going to have some spears there, Atlas stones, sandbags, yeah. buckets. <clears throat> so just going to yeah, start, you know, get smaller... people prepped and oh, – go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, you know, just do some obstacle stuff to get people, you know, pumped up and excited and ready for uh, the sprint here next weekend that's coming up. So, Yeah, it's always, it's always to me, it seems like the smaller, um, you know, like the smaller things that you have to overcome during the Spartan races that, that really get me. Like a lot of the obstacles, I know that um, some of them I'm, I'm just horrible at because I have no grip strength, no upper body strength. And then, you know, you get to the spear throw and you're like, oh, this will be easy. 
you know, it's this is nothing like everything else. But you know, the thing that that I didn't realize um, coming to my first spear throw was that, you know, it it definitely takes some form and and um, quite a bit of practice in order to get that thing to to just sail right into the target like you want it to. Um, yeah, the first couple of times that I that I'd ever attempted it was just way way off. And then this last one that I did at the Spartan Super over here in Seattle, um, that was actually the first time I like I nailed the target like just straight on. And you know you would think going into it, oh yeah, it's a spear throw, it won't be that hard. And no, it's ridiculously hard. Um, and I was even surprised. Oh, yeah. Like I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot of leg strength, a lot of core strength, and um, I think that's really where my power is at is my legs and my my core. But <clears throat> that tire flip, um, that's definitely one of the areas that I have to work on because I'm like, oh, it's flipping a tire. Okay, that's not a big deal. Uh, you know, I've done that before. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I got to that tire and it was like, uh, I'm a little embarrassed right now because I literally went into this thinking that I was just going to hoist this thing up and flip it a couple of times and be on my way. And nope. Oh, well, and I was the same way this year for the super. Um, yeah, I came into tire flip and the April super was the first time that, um, you know, I was able to complete it without any assistance from somebody helping me. And so I, I think part of it was, is, uh, the Seattle super this year was the first time that my wife has come out to a race with me for a Spartan race. Um, so she was standing there at the, at the fence right by the tire. Cause that's where the biggest team tent was, you know? So yeah. we had a, some beast in there. Adam was there and I come running into the tire thing. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And you know, my <laughs> wife is standing there. So I'm like going, okay, I got to flip this. I can't look like a little punk in front of the wife. You know, I, I you yeah. know, you know, I can't look like a little sissy girl to try it. Oh, I can't flip the tire. <laughs> Um, so, so, you know, I got the, t- you know, so that was the first race that I got the tire flip by myself. Um, That's and then awesome. even at the Utah super, so, so, uh, Utah, I get to the tire flip, I get down there, I get my feet set, I get my hand set, I get it lifted up on the first thing. And I'm like, you know, and I, I, I get it up and I'm like, okay, that was kind of easy. It seemed kind of light. I had to look around for a minute because I thought I was accidentally at, you know, the women's tire. Female tires. I thought I was, yeah. yeah, I thought I was at the lighter or, you know, as like Serena puts it, it's not women's and men's, it's the lighter and heavier. Um, so I thought I was at the lighter tire. Um, so I had to stop and look around for a minute going, okay, am I at the women's tire? And I'm looking and there's a bunch of guys around me. I'm like, okay, no, I must not be. And I get it flipped over. I'm like, okay, it's not good. It's, it's going to be you know, a little bit more of a challenge getting it back up and I got it up and over and I was like going, okay, that wasn't so bad. And so I just got back to think, you know, so as I'm going to my, you know, I finished the race and that and, you know, and, and I reflect back on, you know, what obstacles I completed, what I was, you know, what I need to work on for the next race and that. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, about the tire flip. Okay. What, has made that a little bit easier. So I was talking with, you know, a couple of friends of mine and that, and I was, you know, um, the coach at the gym I go to, 
he asked how the race was and I told him and I was like, yeah, I said, when I got the tire flip, I said, it was, I said, it was like no problem. I said, and that thing weighs about 430 pounds and the gym I go to the coaching that we do, we do a bunch of different like deadlift variations. And if you go to think yeah. about it, you know, the way you position yourself at the tire, you know, it's kind of in a deadlift stance, either a sumo deadlift where yeah. your legs are out wide or traditional and our, the coach that, that sets up the programming, you know, we've done a variety of different deadlift variations where we do standard deadlifts. We've done banded. We've done to where we're elevated on a two inch platform, pulling a deadlift where the dead, yeah. uh, the plate, you know, the bar in that sitting on a two inch platform and we're on the ground. And so I'm thinking to myself, go, okay, it's, got to be these different variations of deadlifts that we've been doing that has helped with the, you know, the power in my legs and the explosiveness of coming up, you know, but yeah, there's nothing like doing these races, you know, whether it's a Spartan race or a terrain race or a rugged maniac, any of them, any race of accomplishing an obstacle that has beaten you in the past, like Boise race, this lot, you know, at the end of June was the first race that I've gotten the rings done. You know, I completed the rings. And nice. so that, that obstacle has eluded me for the last two seasons and I get to the rings and I was like, okay, well, here's my burpee maker. And, you know, I volunteered that morning as a course marshal. So I was watching all these elites and age groupers go through it and watching the various techniques that everybody was using. So I was like, well, when I get to it, I'll, I'll give her a trot. I'll try this one. And, you know, I got on there and it was working smooth for me. So I was able to, you know, so I completed the rings for the first time. That's awesome, man. So now I just got to work yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so one that now I just got to work on multi-rig. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, multi-rig got, um, escaped me at Utah because, you know, the transition from the rings to the bar back to the rings. So yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, we'll work on that. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the way I look at it, as long as, for me. yeah, well, you know, the way I look at it, as long as we work on, you know, I improve one obstacle each race. I'm, I'm happy with that. Like what you hear, make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. So, yeah, we got the merch store open right now till August 15th. Trying to, you know, get everybody, you know, that needs some race gear that, you know, we've had a bunch of new people join up with the team and that. And so I couldn't get it going early enough because we had just done one uh, back in June, I believe. So I, I couldn't get one started early enough for the Portland race, but our next biggest one yeah. is always the Seattle beast up in September. So I got this one set up yep. and going to where it would give everybody enough time to get some gear ordered and um, store closes on the 15th and everything should be um, delivered and in your hot little hands within two weeks of the uh, store closing. So you should have it awesome. in plenty of time for uh, the Seattle beast. So um, yeah, we've been kind of changing things up in case people have noticed um, the last gear store we did 
was um, um, highlighting the BeastNet logo on the shirts, and this one is focused on our our traditional Beast OCR logo. Um, so we're kind of breaking it up a little bit because in order to do the certain logos, you know, each logo we have to have a minimum order of twelve in order for them to do the yeah. logo. So um, in the past, where we've kind of just done everything at once. It's been hit and miss if we've hitting that that number. Um, so yeah, you know, I you know, talking with Adam and that, we kind of decided to try this and break it up a little bit, see how it works. Um, yeah, I, I remember sure, that we kind of ran into that uh, that quantity obstacle whenever, uh, not no pun intended, quantity obstacle. Um, yeah, I think we ran into that whenever we did the uh, order for like the custom like the beast net stuff. Because um, I know yeah. that myself, Mike, Don, um, my wife, um, quite a few of us got uh, the BeastNet stuff, and I remember that they had said that we had to have like a minimum order, and so and actually it was it was kind of tough to get that you know that number going because we you know it was really desirable for us we really wanted to you know have right. something that represents what we do so um, and then I did notice like you said the um, you know the going back to the more traditional um, Beast logo with the orders and stuff like that. Because um, I remember seeing uh, this year at the April Super there that there were some um, different um, beast shirts and stuff like that, and I was like, "Whoa, those are pretty cool!" You know, I yeah, I didn't yeah, uh, definitely I didn't go ahead. Yeah, so with the uh, well, no, I was just gonna say yeah, with uh, um, you know, with our standard gear, you know, that we do through uh, D4 Sports, GH Unders, um, we were also um, in the past, we tried to get it set up, um, but we ran into some challenges. Um, but now we've got a really good relationship working, and we've got um, some new gear that's going to be available pretty much year-round on uh, Legendborn. Um, so we've okay. worked out with Legendborn where we have a, uh, a store on there. So the logo's a little bit different on that jersey. I actually got mine while I was down in Utah, so I was hoping to get it before I went to the Utah race, but I'm going to be wearing it at uh, Portland. Um, so, yeah, the Legendborn um, gear, we can actually uh, order year-round. Um, that storefront oh, nice. will be open all the time. It takes a little bit of time. It says anywhere between six to eight weeks from the time you order. It's traditionally uh, have been taking people closer to the six-week mark to get um yeah. but the jerseys are really nice and they're not heat pressed on to the shirts it's actually uh um oh the technique i think is called uh, sublimation so it's actually kind of in the fabric itself oh, that's nice. and so yeah um so yeah they're offering um you know we have a regular like sleeved race jersey we have a tank top style um, you can get arm sleeves um, for the women. There's sports bras on there now, racerback style shirts for the women. Um, and then all of our uh, pro team and ambassadors have the uh, uh, the new Legendborn jerseys as well. And then we just added onto the uh, store, just added like some training shorts that have the, uh, the Beast logo on it and a uh, shirt that's not really designed for OCR racing. It's more of a uh, dry fit. Um, I haven't got one of those yet, but it looks kind of like more of a dry fit style, like what you'd wear to the gym 
to work out in. Um, And same with those type of shorts, kind of like a basketball style short that you would wear to the gym to work out in. So, um, but with legend born, yeah, some of the, the options that we have for gear are pretty endless. I know some of the teams that have stuff on there, they have hoodies, um, they have headbands, stuff like that. So it's just a matter of kind of what does, you know, the beast want and, if legend born can kind of, you know, deliver that type of product. So, um, but yeah, the legend awesome. born stuff is, is open year round. You can order it at any time. They are a little spendy, but they are specifically designed for OCR racing. A couple of people have worn them for races already and they won't snag or run when you hit barbed wire either. So they'll stand up to, cool. you know, if you scrape the barbed wire, it's not going to snag or run. So but yeah, I mean, you know, they're a little heavy, but they're designed to withstand the beating of OCR racing. Good. Now that's awesome. I'm definitely after looking to those because, um, like I said, you know, the um, I've seen the the traditional order and I've um, I've spent uh, just a ton of money in there. And uh, oh yeah, you know, I've I've got <laughs> I've got a lot of beast gear here. You know, I, and sometimes I even actually wear it. Um, I just wear it out and about casually and. Um, I think actually I was wearing one, um, I was wearing my regular Beast OCR, um, the black with the, with like the green stripes on the side. And yeah. I was at a Colorado Rockies game um, down in Denver and, and like a whole bunch of guys were like, hey, what's, you know, what's, what's this all about? And so we talked about, you know, OCR and I'm like, they had no clue even what OCR, Spartan, you know, uh, Tough Mudder, any of that. They had no clue what any of that was. And um, oh, wow. so, I mean, we talked for, geez, like probably 35, 40 minutes at this baseball game, you know, about OCR and just kind of, you know, showing them what it was like. Like I showed them a bunch of pictures from, you know, some of my races, some of the results. Um, I showed them a lot of the, um, you know, like videos of like the elite guys, you know, running their insane times at all these races. You know, and they were like, "Whoa, that's pretty crazy." You know, I'm gonna have to like look into that. And um, you know, I don't know if any of them actually followed up on it, but you know, as an introduction to it, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, and um, there's yeah. times where I still just, you know, I'll I'll wear my my beast gear out, like my I've got my black and gray hoodie. I wear that constantly. You know, and then people are like, "Oh, what's what's that? What's that all about?" And you know, it's kind of a way to kind of get the word out there. You know, and encourage everybody to, you know, if you want to wear your stuff casually, you know, you don't always have to just wait oh, yeah. to work out or do a CR. And, um, I think it kind of helps build the community a little bit, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe talking to those guys that got them into their, you know, their, na- their newest hobby, their newest addiction into physical fitness, you know, who knows? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the upcoming sprint, I've actually got two people that I work with that signed up for the sprint under the team, you know, because they have seen my stuff going around, you know, you know, pictures and hear me talking about, you know, my OCR stuff and that. And they were like, oh, well, we want to try it. And I, you know, I ended up getting that code for the Valentine's Day special. So I gave it to them and I was like, here, you know, it's a two pack for a sprint for this price. And so they signed up and they're going to run the uh, Portland sprint. Um, I said, Hey, sign up under this team. You get, you know, here's the, you know, the different perks we'd get cause we'll get biggest team and, you know, we'll okay, see after nice. Saturday, you know, next Saturday, if, uh, they still talk to me at work after they're done racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, I've, got a, um, yeah, I've got a couple of coworkers that I've talked to before. They've done like um, tough mutters and stuff like that, and they don't really do it so much anymore. They've had a couple of injuries, and um, yeah. But I've got like you know, there's one there's one coworker that actually um, she actually just joined um, the the Beast OCR page. I don't know if she's actually done the um, gear order yet or anything like that, but. You know, she loves to get out and run 5Ks and stuff like that. I know she's done a couple mud runs before. Um, and there are quite a few people that I work with that are, are very familiar with, you know, OCRs. And so I've been kind of trying to, you know, get them on board to do more races. You know, they don't nece- I'm not necessarily pushing them to join beasts, but, um, you know, if they want to, that's great. Um, you know, because yeah. I know that a lot of the time that they, they have dedicated to their families, and I know that this can become an obsession, Um you know, it definitely has for me. I've done way more, I think, way more obstacle course races um, this past year than I think I ever would have even dreamed of doing, you know. So I, I really like, you know, kind of putting the word out there, especially with people that I work with that I know have common interest in, in OCR and going out and yeah. getting in the mud and, you know. and <clears throat> So I think it's a lot of fun, man. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way where I think this year – just Spartan races alone, I think I'm signed up to do 14 by the end of the year. So on top of the Warrior Dash, and I'm doing terrain race the day after the Portland Sprint, and then a couple of little local ones that we have early in the year here. But yeah, this year I was all about chasing trifectas, and then next year I'm going to kind of more focus on some of the local races. Like I want to do that Summit the Swamp that Lorenzo mentioned next year and yeah. just kind of slow down a little bit next year and focus on some of the local races. So, yeah. And see, that's kind of what I wanted to do too. Like um, this year, actually I'm, I'm pursuing my first trifecta. I'm, I'm going for that one in September um, when they come back with the beast here in Snohomish. Um, <clears throat> and I think next year, I, like you said, um, I want to kind of branch out and do some of the more local um, OCRs, you know, we're talking about um, maybe going down to, um, I know this one's really not local, but uh, we're talking about going down to Santa Clarita, California for GRIT OCR next year. Oh, I've um, seen that we, one. I would love to, I want to do that one bad. Oh, yeah. That one looks um, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, um, I actually was kind of trying to look around for other ones to attend, you know, and because uh, like you said, you know, it's, uh, everybody kind of focuses more on like Spartans and, you know, um, tough mutters and stuff like that. And I think, um, you know, you've, what, you know, once you've done quite a bit of them, you, you know, you kind of look for a little bit of variety just to kind of spice it up, you yeah. know. And, and so when I saw, I saw the grit one, I was like, yeah, that, that one looks like really cool. You know, they do a lot of different things and, I'm really excited about maybe doing that one next year. Um, I also want to, you know, it's going to be a lot of travel, but I kind of want to go up to Canada and do one of the X Warriors. I want to try um, the Summit to Swamp. That one actually sounds like a lot of fun. Closing out this year, I've got, let's see, this coming weekend, we've got the Terrain Race in Seattle. The weekend after that, there's the uh, Portland Terrain. And then the next day, we have the Bridge of the Gods 10K no, September's the Beast um, up in Seattle. In October, we've got the Green Beret Challenge. And then yeah. they kind of changed that well, up no, a little bit. Well, no, that got changed. Oh, yeah, it, it was supposed to be Green Beret Challenge, and now it's the uh, – right, uh, they right. switched it. It's going to be the Wicked Trail Race. Yeah. I do remember um, seeing something about that. Um, like I said, I'm, 
<clears throat> I've got so much going on. It's kind of like every all the details yeah. like blend together, and you know. Um, but yeah, we've got that one coming up in October, um, and then I'm not sure what. I don't think I have anything planned for November, and I think I I kind of want to keep it that way because we're I'm planning on doing the Seattle Marathon in December, so I think November is probably just going to be all out and just training for the marathon in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm. I've, let's see. Yeah, I've got the Portland Sprint on the 10th. I'm doing terrain on the 11th. And then the 13th, I fly out to Hawaii, and I'm doing the trifecta weekend in Hawaii. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I know Mike's goal, because he's done the beast there. He's finished the super there, and the sprint has eluded him. So, you know, we're going to, yep. you know, our goal is I want you know, I want that trifecta weekend medal because nice. as soon as I finish the beast on that Saturday, that's my times two trifecta and then do the super and sprint. So I plan on coming home with a few medals that weekend, at least <laughs> just a few, you know? Yeah. You know, times two trifecta medal, uh, B super sprint medal, trifecta weekend medal. So I plan on having TSA really question my bags with all that metal in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going and then yeah, then I've got yeah, and then I've got yeah, the C- Seattle Beast in September, um, Wicked Trail Race in October, and then I'm signed up to do my first ultra in October. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Um, yeah, that one's so, yeah. definitely a, a ways down the road for me because you know I'm I struggled with the super just because of the cold. Um, I'm not really yeah. good with elevation gain. I know, um, you know, this is all basically, you know, it's been a challenge for me from the start, but it's, it's gotten, it's gotten tougher, but it's gotten easier. If if that sounds, you know, kind of like a little bit of an oxymoron, but it, you know, I I like challenging myself and as you know, as do you and everybody else pretty much that does this. Um, but yeah, ultra is definitely, um, a little bit down the line for me. Um, that's, uh, quite an undertaking. So you know, have, yeah, have that's kind that. of my I'll, thought I'll process on it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we'll see how the Hawaii weekend goes. And, you know, I'm doing it in Dallas, Texas. So luckily, if I'm not feeling it after the trifecta weekend and that, you know, I mean, they're running an ultra, then the beast is on that Saturday, too. So I might, oh, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, see how the Hawaii weekend goes. And, you know, if I need to, I'll just transfer my race to the beast and do the beast yeah. instead. Um, but yeah, right now my goal is to do the ultra and get that belt buckle. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Don and Mike are really uh, pushing for a belt buckle. Um, you know, more power to you guys, man. That's like I said, that's quite an undertaking, and that's definitely um, that's one that I'm I'm aspiring to do. But that one's going to be a little bit before I go to that one. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, you know, this is uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up the episode. You know, it's been it's been great having you. Um, you and both you and Lance been great. Um, yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely have to do do this a little bit more often. And uh, now yeah. that we've kind of bumped up the uh, expectations for the show to put out a couple more episodes a week, this will be quite the the common thing. So, awesome, man. Well, it's been great having right. you on um, on the BeastNet today. Um, have a great day, brother, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, you too. All right, sounds good. Bye, man. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. 
All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.